We're in a series called Deep. Our title today is Deep is Serving, and if you missed last weekend, I really want to encourage you to get the CD following service today, or online, you can get it for free uh, through our website, you can listen to it, download it to your iPod, uh, just get that message, listen to it. I talked last week about deep, and deep is obedience. We get confused about what deep means. People say, I want to be deep, and I want to go deeper in the Lord, and, and they use that kind of terminology, and they begin to think that deep is how much they know, but for, the, for, for most of us, we're, we're well-educated beyond our obedience, and we know a lot, but we can begin to do a little, and people can think that deep is how loud they shout, how high they jump, how good they dance, how eloquent they speak, and listen, when you look at the Word of God, deep is about being obedient to the Word of God. It's about being deep. It's about being obedient to what you already know. And another very key way that you can know your maturity level in Christ, another key way that you can know how deep you are in the Lord is by the servant's heart that you possess or don't possess. Because who people who are deep in Christ have a servant's heart. Grab your Bibles and look with me in the book of Mark chapter number 10. Mark 10, and we're going to look at verse number 35 today. Mark 10 and verse number 35. The Scripture says this. If, if you don't have a Bible with you today, the Scriptures will be on the screen right behind me. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. That would be Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in, in your glory. Jesus, we want to be great. We want to be popular. We want a place of power. We want to have a place of influence in your glory. Verse 38, you don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been, been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John, the other ten disciples. They were frustrated with James and John. They were a little mad at James and John. I dare you ask for that kind of place in heaven. I dare you to, to be that arrogant and have that kind of audacity to say, give me that kind of place of power. Make me great. I, I dare you ask Jesus to sit on his right and sit on his left. I dare you to feel like you're going to rule and reign over all of us. And Jesus said in verse 42, he called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. They think they're great because they have a power. They have a position. They have a title. They're recognized. They're well known. And so they think they're great. In verse 43, Jesus said, Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great. That's very key today for our talk. Everybody say, become great. Come on, everybody say, become great. Notice that whoever wants to become great, Jesus says, among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first, that's most important, must be slave of all, that's least important. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If the truth be told, 
We all have a little bit of James and John in each of us. We all have this desire to be great. Matter of fact, that desire that I have, that desire that you have, can I tell you, that desire came from our Heavenly Father. We all have this desire in us to want to be great, to strive to be great. But many of us fall into a trap just like James and John. And we confuse doing great with being great. Matter of fact, our culture, our society, it teaches us how to do great, but says very little about how to be great. Matter of fact, we applause, we lift up, we elevate people who do great. We pack out arenas to watch people do great. We see some great athlete and we pack out arena. We, we pay lots of money to go see them. We see a great artist or a great musician sing. We pack out arenas to watch them do great. And the truth is this. You can do great, but not be great. You can be great at doing something and not be a great person. You can be a great businessman, businesswoman, and not be great. You can get promoted on your job and be the top salesperson in your company and do great and not, and not be great. You can get a nice home and, and get accolades in your career and not, and not be great. You can sing and be talented and write and be a great speaker. You could be smart and well-educated and do great and not be great. And Jesus said, fellas, fellas, listen, you're missing it, disciples. James and John, you're missing it. You've confused doing great with being great. And you're asking me, hey, we want to be great. Can we sit at your right? Can we sit at your left? Can we have power and position? Can we have popularity? We want to be great. And Jesus said, listen, fellas, doing great is very different from being great. You see, in the world's eyes, you're elevated, you're applause, they'll wear your jerseys, they'll, they'll wear your concert t-shirts, they'll, they'll put your face and your number of your jersey on their shirt and wear it around because they think that doing great should be celebrated. And Jesus said, not in my economy. Jesus said, you want to be great? I'll tell you how to be great. To be the servant of all. You want to be great? He said, you be the very least, the slave of all. God says, listen, what I celebrate is very different from what men celebrate. And in my kingdom, greatness is having a servant's heart. Church, you want to be great? You must have a servant's heart. I want to give you four reasons today. Four reasons that you need to be great. Four reasons you need to be great. Number one is this. Follow along in your bulletin. Fill in the blanks there. You were created for greatness. You may not realize that, but I want to inform you that you were created for greatness. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10 says, For we are God's workmanship. Created. Everybody say the word created. Come on, say it like you mean it. Created. Notice that you're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, 
to serve people, to help others, to work for the cause of Christ, to be a blessing for others, which God, notice that, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Listen, God created every human being, including you, to be great by doing good for others, by serving others, by helping others. God created you to use you to be a blessing to other people. You were created for greatness. Reminds me of when Tiffany and I were getting ready to have our first child, Kel. And before Kel was born, you know, we were getting all the things that we needed. And I mean, it's expensive to have a baby. Amen. I mean, it costs money to have a baby. And some of our friends that live in Georgia, their pastors there, they, they sent Tiffany and I. They gave us a, a swing, one of the swings that you can put the little baby in and they can swing back and forth. And they gave us a swing, and I was excited about that. It was going to save us some money. And, and Tiffany, she got this swing, and, and she, she opened it up to check out the batteries, make sure it's working right. And, and lo and behold, the batteries, because they had sat there so long in the swing, they were ruined. And they leaked all in the swing. And the swing did not work. And we had to throw it away. And I had to go buy a brand new swing. How many know that was not God's will? Amen. I mean, for me to have to go spend money... On a swing was not God's will, but I said, Pastor, why? Why did those batteries get ruined and they started to leak? Let me tell you why. Because batteries were not made to be trophies. Batteries were not made to sit on a shelf. Batteries were not made just to sit on... Batteries were made to be used. And when you don't use batteries, you put them in that flashlight, you put them in that gadget, that, that toy, that swing, and you leave them there for a long period of time, those batteries will ruin and they'll leak and they'll even ruin the thing that they're inside of. Sounds like a lot of Christians. See what happens to Christians when they, they're not used. What happens to Christians when they don't serve other people is they get ruined on the inside. I mean, you've seen it before. In my travels, I, before I started this church, I, I got to go to a lot of churches, and I saw a lot of churches falling apart because people thought that they were in the body of Christ for other people to serve them. And they got nasty on the inside, and they got mean-spirited. And they start thinking church was for them, and they show up saying, how can you bless me, and you're here to help me, and you're here to minister to me, and what can I get out of this? I came here to see what I can get out of it. And they became mean. And, hey, and you know what happens when people get ruined on the inside? Because instead of having a servant's heart, they think everybody's there to serve them. Do you know what happens to people? They begin to leak on everybody else. And how many know there are good churches that get ruined because people get ruined on the inside and they start leaking on everybody? Of course, that doesn't happen here. Amen. Amen. Not that I'm aware of. Praise the Lord. If you leaky, we want to patch you up today in Jesus' name. Get a servant's heart. Get a servant's heart. You were created for greatness. Number two, there, there's a second reason you need to be great. Number two is this. You were saved for greatness. You were saved for greatness. The Bible says in, in Titus chapter 2 and verse number 14, talking about Christ, he died under God's judgment against our sins so that he could rescue us from constant falling into sin and make us his very own people. Man, I'm glad I'm a child of God. Anybody else? Praise God. You're glad that you're a child of God. What God says, listen, Christ came, he died, so he could rescue us from constant falling into sin and make us his very own people. I love how the Living Bible reads. It says, with cleansed hearts and real enthusiasm for doing kind things for others. 
Very interesting that the Bible connects us being washed and cleansed from our sin, but the Bible connects us as being a child of God to, to serving and, and being, having, having enthusiasm to do kind things for other people. Church, listen, the Bible says that you and I were saved to serve. You were saved to live a life of doing kind things to help other people out. Have you ever thought about this? You know, I've thought about this for, for a while, and I've even preached on it before. And Have you ever wondered why God, when he saved you, that he left you here? I mean, we start thinking that it's just all about heaven, it's just all about us. And If it's just all about us and God just wanted us to go to heaven and spend eternity there, and he does. But if, that, that, if that's what this is all about, why, when we got saved, didn't God just let us die and take us to heaven? Why did he leave us here? Let me tell you, God did not leave us here to be spiritual bodybuilders. I like to go to the gym, and I go three or four, sometimes five times in a week, and like to work out there. And I've become friends with a couple of guys at the gym. They're actually bodybuilders, and and they train, and they go to competitions. And whenever they see me, you know, and I don't work out with them because they lift a lot more weight than I do, and so I don't even work out with them. And But they, they see me coming, and they say, hey, preacher man, preacher man. And they talk to me, and we have a good relationship, and, and they like to work out. And I, I talked to them recently about them training, and, competitions they're preparing for and, and you know what they, they they prepare they do all this work all this training and they go and they flex and and they go and people just applaud them they have all that workout and people why not that wrong with that i mean they're, they're training for it. some of them make a living in it. i mean they just go to these competitions <laughs> i mean calf muscles out there and people whoa man and, and a lot of christians are spiritual bodybuilders Oh, yeah, I pray, read my Bible. I got spiritual Bible muscles, and I'm, I'm something. Check me out. Boy, I fast and pray. I'm a spiritual bodybuilder, and they want everybody to... Ooh, you're spiritual. Friends, can I tell you that you're not called to be a spiritual bodybuilder? Matter of fact, let me enlighten you on something. Why do you pray? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you come to church? Why do you go to a community group? Why do you fast? No doubt about it. You want to get closer to God. You want to have a relationship with Christ. You, you, you want to have intimacy with Him. But can I tell you, another reason that you pray, read the Bible, is so that you can help other people out, so that you can serve other people. Don't miss this, church. Maturity is for ministry. Maturity is not an end to itself. Now, people begin to think that. Oh, I want to pray and read the Bible. I want to know more and more, deeper, deeper, deeper. Just for me, because look at my spiritual Bible biceps. Listen to me quote the Bible. I'm something else. No, maturity is for ministry. Maturity is not an end to itself. Listen, friends, you were saved for service. And you have to understand that God has saved you. And you need to pray, read your Bible, come to church, get closer to God, not just for you, so that you can take that knowledge and that relationship and disciple somebody else and be a blessing to somebody else and to serve Somebody else. Real maturity always points to ministry. Point number three. There's a a third reason that you need to be great. Number three is this. You are gifted for greatness. You were gifted for greatness. First Peter chapter four and verse number 10 says, God has given each of you some special abilities or gifts or, or talents. And the scripture says, be sure to use them to help each other. Passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. Are you called to preach? Then preach as though God himself 
we're speaking through you. Are you called to help others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. And I love this. It says, if you're called to preach, do it for the Lord. If you have called to help people out, do it with all your strength and energy that God supplies. Why? Why? So that God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him be glory and power forever and ever. Friends, listen, God did not give you all those gifts and all those talents just to serve yourself and retire and die. He gave you those gifts and abilities and talents to be a blessing to other people. No doubt God gave you talents and abilities. He wants you to take care of your family, to make a living. But you know what some people think? They buy into this. The reason I have all these gifts and all these talents is so that I can work and I can make a living and I can make a lot of money and I can buy more toys for myself and upgrade my house and upgrade my car and upgrade this and upgrade that and more, more, more for me. And they haven't realized that, listen, God has gifted you and given you talents and abilities, not just for you, but he's giving you those abilities to be a blessing and to serve other people. God's gifted you. Let me ask you a question. What, what gifts do you have? What, what talents do you have? What abilities do you possess? And maybe you have two or three, four abilities. Here's even a better question. What are you passionate about? What lights your fire? What do you get excited about? Why don't you use those passions and talents and abilities to advance the cause of Christ? Because God is giving you those abilities for that purpose, for that reason. And we've got a lot of ministries here at People's Church. And the goal of this message today is I want to see more of you. We've already have hundreds, but I want to see more of you serving, having a servant's heart, helping other people out. Do you have a passion to impact kids? Every week we have hundreds of kids who worship here. Say, Pastor, I just don't have time. Listen, our services aren't long. They're just an hour. You got time. You can carve out an hour of your day to invest in some kid's life who's hurting who needs Christ, who needs to grow in the Lord, who one day, listen, God's going to use in a mighty way, and you can be a part of shaping their life and shaping their future, get plugged in. Maybe you have a passion for teenagers, and we got, we got 30, 40 volunteers that work 40, 50 hours a week and come on Wednesday nights and give an hour, two hours of their life every week to invest in students. And this church is going to impact literally thousands of students, and you can be a part of shaping some teenager's spiritual destiny if you'll take some time out and realize God's giving you those abilities to serve other people. Maybe you have a heart to care for people. I mean, what a great ministry to care and be there for people in their time of need. We've got our TLC team right there on this card in your bulletin, the, the hospital team. People go to people in the hospital and pray for them in their time of need and, and help them out and minister to them and pray the prayer of faith with them and sit there and, and be there for them in their time of need. We, we've got the cuisine team, and, and this team prepares food for people when they're in their time of need and takes food to them. And listen, let me just say this to you now. If you can't cook, don't get on the cuisine team. Amen. Nobody wants to eat your nasty food. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not aware of anybody, but I just want to say that to you now. Amen. We don't need any beginner cookers on this team. Now, we got, we got some beginning ministries, but the cuisine team's not one of them, all right? We don't want you trying out your specialties on this team. Amen. The prayer team. You can pray for somebody. God answers prayer. There's power in agreement. 
At the end of services, we have our prayer team here, and they're ministering to people and praying for people. People are giving their heart to Christ, they're able to, to walk, walk with them, talk with them, pray with them. People come down with needs. You can pray with people. Get, get, you listen, God can use your life. First impressions, listen, people think, oh, the pastor, what a wonderful job you're doing. Lives are giving, people are giving their heart to Christ every week. And listen, 70 people are getting baptized. Go, pastor, go. No, 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 you're missing it. The sermon starts in the parking lot. This experience takes place in the parking lot where people are out there and they're greeting. And they're loving people. They're helping to park a car and they walk in and people are greeted and loved and, and, the, and the ushers are, are, are ushering. Amen. I'm taking you back to old school. Some of you, you, you know, you're used to that term. You don't know what a usher, an usher is. You know what an usher is. Amen. But, but they're ushering and, and they're helping people and, and they're making a difference. They're making a difference. Maybe it's behind the scenes. You have no idea that people are here on Wednesdays and, and, and on Fridays and they're serving in our office and they're printing off stuff and making phone calls and they're serving and, and they're doing their, they have gifts and talents and abilities that they're using. Listen, some of you in this place today, you're great leaders. You're leaders of leaders. You're leading in companies. You're leading, you're leading people and, and organizations. You have a great leadership gift. Can I encourage you to get involved in one of our community group, community group ministries and become a leader? Listen, let me tell you, some of you have the ability to lead people and to launch more groups and to launch more groups and to launch more groups. And under your care in the next year, in the next two years, in the next three years, could be two, three, four hundred people that you led and you helped equip and you have launched those groups because you're using and you're stewarding your leadership gift to advance the cause of, of, of the cause of Christ. Listen, use your gift. Use your talent. Use your ability. Maybe you're a, a technical person, a music person, a video person. Listen, get involved. Do videos, cameras, website, design. Listen, we want you to use your gifts and your talents to advance the cause of Christ. Please don't buy into this thing that my, all my gifts and all my talents are just for me to make a lot of money for myself. You're missing it. You're missing it. God gave me those gifts, not just for you, but to use them to be a blessing and to advance the cause of Christ. You want to really be great? Be a servant of all. Number four, the, the, the fourth reason that you need to be great is your church family needs you to be great. Your church family needs you to be great. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 27 says, Now here is what I am trying to say. All of you together are the one body of Christ. And each one of you is a separate and necessary, necessary, notice that, necessary part of it. It's a very interesting correlation the Bible makes. The Bible says that just like we have a physical body that functions, that all of us together make up the body of Christ. At large, and also the local church, we make up the body of Christ. We are one body that has to function together. Can you imagine one day your liver calling you up and your liver telling you, well, you know, I'm going to take a year off from working for you. And I, I mean, how many of you know what happens to your body when a part of it doesn't function right? You get sick. You go to the hospital. You get tests run on you. Matter of fact, 85, 90% of your body can be functioning right. And if one part of your body quits functioning, a major part, let me tell you, it doesn't matter about the other 90% that's working. You can die. You can go into a coma. You can lose your life because all of it has to function together. I mean, just what if your liver called you up and said, you know, well, well, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I've been, I've been working for you for 42 years and I, I just need to take a break. 
I just need to be fed. Just, just, I just want somebody to feed me. I'm just going to take a break. Give me. What if your liver called you up one day and said, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm really frustrated with you, body. And I don't know that I'm going to function anymore because, you know, your, your eyes, people always talk about how, how cute your eyes are. And I mean, they don't say anything to me. They say, look at your eyes. Your eyes are gorgeous. Look at those nice ears. Those earrings. Those ears make your earrings make your ears look so good. And they're always talking about your hair. And they say, ooh, look at those nice cheeks you have. And they're always talking about that. And they say, ooh, you got nice fingers. They hold your food with. Isn't that great? And I'm just a little frustrated that nobody ever says, go liver, go liver, go, go. Nobody, nobody ever says that. And so because nobody ever applauds me and talks about me, I, I'm just going to take a break. I mean, I'm there, obviously I'm not that important. I mean, if your liver called you up and said that, you know what you'd say? Hello, liver! Oh, no! Work! What are you doing? Do what livers do. Work, function. I need you. Do your part. My body will not operate. It will not function properly unless you do your part. And it's the same way with the body of Christ. Listen, we're a body. And when a part of the body is not functioning, when they're not doing their part... The rest of the body suffers. The body is not as healthy as it should be. The local church is not as healthy as it should be. The church at large is not as healthy as it should be. Because listen, whether you realize it or not, each part of the body is necessary. It's necessary. It's needed to advance the cause of Christ and to function properly and to be healthy. And here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Because listen, you have to understand, people think all the time, you know, maybe... Pastor, you know, you preach good sermons and yah, 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 rah, rah, rah. And, you know, whenever they want to write an article, they, they, they want to call me or ask me to do something on television or something like that. And, and just let me tell you something. Don't buy into that. That's a bunch of baloney. Listen, the heartbeat of this church and the success of this church is not the pastors. It's the hundreds of people that are serving week in and week out that are using their gifts and their talents to be a blessing to the body of Christ and this community. That's the success, and that's the heartbeat of this church. And our goal is to see thousands of people serving with a servant's heart and using their gift and abilities to make a difference in the body of Christ. And I want you to take this card today. And I want you, if you're not involved in the ministry, would you fill this card out today and drop it in the offering bucket? You can see the ministry. You fill it out on the back. Let us know what ministry that you want to get involved in. You say, Pastor, I need to go home and pray about it. No, you don't. You've been praying too long. Some of you have been praying for you. Pastor, I'm praying. You don't need to pray anymore. Dive in. Get involved. You, let God use your gifts. We're not locking you in for 22 years in the kids' ministry with a kid that's demon-possessed named Damon. We're not trying to do you that. I mean, if you don't like it, switch something else. But get involved. Dive in. Get plugged in. Listen, as you fill this out, if for some reason the offering bucket comes by and you don't get a chance to drop it in, go by the middle table in the lobby, the welcome center, and just land on the table. We've already got cars that are turned in there for people who missed the offering bucket. Don't wait. Don't go home and pray about it. Get involved. And let me tell you, let me tell you, some of you have a strong spiritual gift, and your spiritual gift is called the gift of avoidance. It's powerful in your life. I mean, it works. you're good at it, man. We call you up, and we can't get a hold of you, and... Call your cell phone, your word, you won't call us back. Listen, come on, dive in, get involved. Don't make us call you 22 times in Jesus' name, amen. 
And then all you do is feel bad and try to avoid us at church. Come and lay high. Get involved. Dive in. God created you to serve. He wired you. He designed you. You're not fulfilled today because you're not doing your part. You're working. You're making money. You're paying your bills. And you still have an emptiness in your heart because God designed you. He wired you. He created you to make a difference in his kingdom. Get involved. Do your part. Make a difference. You want to be great? It's not about a promotion. You want to be great? It's not about the house you live in. You want to be great? It's not about the car you drive, your bank account, your 401k. You want to be great? Be the servant of all. Lord, thanks for your word.